VIPs out there. This is Michael Francis coming back at you. Um, I've been missing from a TPM chair for a while, but I'm happy to be here. How did you greet everybody? What did you call them? <laughs> I called them VIPs. Is that? They are very important persons. Okay. <laughs> I guess. We'll workshop that. Michael Francis, everybody. Uh <laughs> Hey, you know, there's a guys, reason you haven't been rusty. on the podcast. Guys, we agreed yourself. five minutes ago that I'm driving this podcast. So if you could both <laughs> zip it right now, that would be a helpful. Bit of uh, yeah, anyway, I think we're getting better at that and a little bit looser. Um, both of these guys are drinking somewhat adult beverages, but not going to rat on them here. I'm drinking water. Mom, okay, thanks for listening in today. Uh, we are talking about work ethic versus work hall. Workaholicism? No, that's not right. Almost. I just butchered so that. <laughs> Workaholism <laughs> versus the TPM work podcast. Ethic. Everybody, oh my gosh, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. Um, okay, yeah, work ethic versus workaholism. I think that's really the the difference between those two, and then also what can we do to address that, and then look at it biblically and from a societal point of view. Um, I think we, as an American society, because I want to zoom this in, because I think globally it looks a lot different. Um, It's not that different societies are lazier than different societies. I think a big difference is identity, and we'll talk about that later. I was just in Southeast Asia a few months ago, and and there people don't live to work. It's you live to eat enough for that day. You you work, um, excuse me, you work to eat enough for that day to make your meals for that day. Um, to go on the street and sell your food for that day to uh, feed your family and feed yourself, and then you do it all again the next day. Um, but otherwise, you're you're not working. You're you know relaxing. I'll call it. It looks differently there than it does here. But you're not looking to move ahead and up the corporate ladder or uh, tackle the American dream. So I'm going to limit the scope of this discussion to more American <coughs> culture and work. <laughs> Andre's fidget tool just dropped to the yep. floor. If you heard that, leave it there. It's <laughs> better for everybody. Yeah, so I, I just want to just define a few terms for us then. So we're really talking about American culture, and I think something we see in American culture is kind of already what I've described: is this climbing of the ladder, the tackling of the American dream. We really tend to praise people and worship people that work and work a lot. Um, is that a good thing? Is it not? Uh, where do we land on it as as men in our young age of uh, we're all 24? Yeah, sitting here. Uh, my birthday is on Saturday. I do take Venmo uh, and other cash and stuff. But that was <laughs> what? <laughs> oh is that a personal God. gain? Is that 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 might have been bad? That was an abuse of power <laughs> from my. Oh, we're gonna have to take that one offline. <laughs> I think during the commercial Our break. first sensor. <laughs> That's just, okay. Can you guys just bleep that whole section out? Anyway, but it is my birthday on Saturday. I, I won't accept any gifts. Um, but we're all 24. And my point with that is we're all kind of coming out of college. We're all working. Um, we all have nine to five jobs or something that looks like that. And uh, we definitely have this balance in this culture of work. And I just I think about this a lot. I see my coworkers more than I see my girlfriend. And that always kind of bugs me. I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, I, I'm talking a lot right now, but any any thoughts so far of, of my discussion uh, with myself? <laughs> yeah, I think that you raise a good point that it is really culturally influenced. So I think we live in a culture that glorifies busyness and working. 
And I'm not entirely sure where that comes from, why that is so. I don't know if it's, you know, this American dream thing that you mentioned. Um, or just, yeah, it's just this attitude of achievement that is so lifted up. Um, and it seems like working more is the way to get there. Um, it's like a status thing, you know, being busy, having lots to do, being needed is something that is um, something that a lot of people strive for and and something that I have striven for, you know. I think that this is a really good topic for me to think about personally um, as I enter the, you know, continue my entry into the workforce. And like you said, we're at, we're at a pivotal point in reckoning with this whole topic. So I think... Yeah, it's culturally really important, and yeah, well, you're about to say something. <laughs> I like how we do podcasts because the listeners can't see what we're doing, but Andre saw me come to my microphone. Yeah. I was just going to ask a question to you, Andre, if, as we discuss this. what To you, what's the difference between having work ethic and being a workaholic? Yeah, I think that, that raising the idea of work ethic in the conversation of workaholism is really interesting and helpful because almost shows the light side of workaholism you know like having a good work ethic is good like there's a spectrum here and one side of it is good um obviously the dark side is worshiping your work and not knowing when to stop and how much is enough um so i think that's part of it i think that's part of it i think working hard and working a lot runs sour when it's used as a coping tool. Like if I compare it to alcoholism, I think that often is comes into play when it's a coping mechanism. So if if escaping into your work is a coping mechanism, I think that that's workaholism. I think also if it's something if your work is something that you can't live with, then it might be classified as workaholism, as opposed to just being a diligent worker and working hard. Yeah, so I think oh man, Mike's a little hot. Uh, I think that there is there's a lot of root causes here, but you know, for the sake of analysis or just giving us something to think about, especially for the listener, I think in our culture we tend when it comes to the Christian life and living like a Christian, the phrase legalism versus license is used a lot, and I actually think uh, that there's a fair comparison to be made when we talk about work ethic. I kind of see work ethic as the the median ground. Right, um, and then on one side you have workaholism, and on the other side you have uh, laziness, um, and I think there's you know biblical things to be said about both of those. I definitely for laziness we see an awful lot of things about it, but um, when it comes to working hard, I think there's a lot of things to be said about it. But there's also a lot of things to be said about idolatry in the Bible as well, and I think it gets into a huge issue of identity and you know where do i find my worth and you know all of these sorts of questions too but i think thinking of it in that sort of a way where there's a balance to how i live in this um i think that can be helpful you know for our listeners and and for us as we go through with how do i work well you know how do i honor god and what i'm doing and you know you know like when paul was a tent maker right you know he had the same balance too. You know, how is he a tent maker to the glory of God? I like your analogy there, Zach, with 
a car. I mean, we're in Minnesota. It's the winter. Cars are in the ditch all over the place. And it's really, I mean, as as we grow and I think as we're learning as adults um, and many adults before us have learned that life's about a balance, right? And how do we drive the car down the middle of the road and avoid one ditch of workaholism and one ditch of laziness? Um, so let's just touch on those two ditches quick from maybe a biblical point of view. Uh, w- one thing that you'll always hear me in this podcast is I- I'll probably quote stuff my dad taught me all over uh, all the time. Uh, one thing my dad used to say a lot <coughs> when we would be lazy, um, he was big into teaching us the value of work and value of a dollar. Those are two of the greatest lessons my dad ever taught me, and I um, and I'm most thankful for those too. But he always had key verses that he would always quote. Always and you know, like weekly or daily, when you ever saw this, you'd quote the same verse. And as a kid, it got super frustrating. But now, as I age a little bit, I see how where that was coming from and how wise it was. Um, whenever I was getting lazy, he would he would say, "Think about the ants, Michael," or he would use words like "you sluggard." And that phraseology is coming from Proverbs six, um, six, which is "Go to the ant, you sluggard." Uh, this is verse six. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse seven. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she pre- she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. And this is just in a section of verses in Proverbs that's titled Practical Warnings. Um, Excuse me, I was burping there after the good dinner that Zach gave us. Um, and I think that's the big point here is laziness is frowned upon in the Bible all over the place. So even Paul calls out in First uh, Timothy, if he who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Like this idea of laziness is definitely looked down upon. And I just want to bring that up biblically as that's kind of a, a point and a, a phrase I always go to. Um, and what about the other ditch, though? It, the real, real title of this podcast is we generally see there is laziness problems all over the place in America, but we tend to see a lot of problems with workaholism, which is sometimes worshipped in this culture, and we think it's a bad thing. So what's some warnings about that ditch or that temptation uh, from either one of you? Um, as you guys think... Or go ahead, Andre. Zach is really far away from his microphone right now, so I feel like I, I, can, I, can go further. I have to be the one to say something. I can start if you're thinking. Yeah, well, so, so you already have an answer, I no, guess. Go ahead. Well, well so we got some crosstalk here, so go ahead, Zach. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. So, you know, call it explicit or not, but, every, like, you're working for something, right? That's That's always where I... You know, I'm trying to get to the root cause of it, you know, and even in my very first thing when I described the two digits, I use the word idolatry. Um, and I think that's the more applicable stuff that we can go to. And I think that's what speaks more volumes to this topic is what does the Bible have to say about worshiping anything that's not God? Spoiler alert. It doesn't turn out well. I'm in numbers right now. Right. I've been going through, you know, Genesis, Exodus, and now I'm into numbers. It doesn't go well for Israel when their worship turns to something that's not God. You know, it, you know, it, it hurts him greatly. It offends him greatly. And I think those, like, that's the type of stuff that speaks more volumes to the topic, in my opinion. I agree with you. And, yeah, it's funny. You look at that pattern in the Old Testament, the 
Ten Commandments, the first commandment is you shall not have any other gods before me. <laughs> and that's the, Israel can't seem to get past that commandment. And we can in our own lives. And I agree with you, Zach. Our idols, uh, I think our culture would call that our life priorities. And I am a strong believer in people follow what they prioritize. And they may or may, they may, or may not be conscious about these priorities. If your priority as a man is work, family, um, life, uh, that's probably means you're a workaholic, right? The guy who doesn't attend his kids' games isn't present for his wife, you know, married a third time, you know, always working. That's a that's a, a, idolatry, right? That's a priority. So he's driven more by work than by family, and, and some people might not even know that that's what's going on, um, and that's uh, that can be a common co- problem of workaholism. But okay, I want to throw a curveball. Do it. <clears throat> what? What if we think about work as not just nine to five, as not just showing up at the place that is printed on your paycheck, but rather as all the things that we do during our lives that are part of our obligation, like chores, like serving in our communities in ways that we like commit to. That's kind of vague. But just as more like, like uh, I wish there was a better word for not just like our occupation, but rather the things that... Any scheduled committed time. Kinda, yeah, yeah, not week, to get right? like too, yeah, to. not to get too clinical about it, but, but yeah, like things that we are obligated to do um, because we all know people that do too much of that too that don't, you know, that have trouble saying no, that... Sick. <laughs> that... Zach. Are, yeah. <laughs> stay, are, are just like too busy, you know? Like they're always doing mm-hmm. things. Right. They're always helping out with something right. or attending something and they just never have off time. Like maybe those people are workaholics too. Even yeah. though, you know, the word work there is being defined in a special way. I sure. think that that could be workaholism in a way. Because, and, and it is, if you start to define this problem in terms of an absence of rest. So, uh, sorry, finish up. You were in the middle of it. Yeah, well, I mean, just I think where I was going with that is if you understand the problem of workaholism as an absence of rest, kind of invert the whole understanding, Mm -hmm. then I think it brings those other life elements that aren't, you know, nine to five work, but they are things that we're occupied with. It kind of reconciles that with what is, I think, a common problem beyond just our career work. So uh, let me let me float this one over to you. Uh, I think I agree. I do. I want to. I want to start with that. Um, you think you agree, I or think, you agree? I think I do. I don't know. I'm <laughs> passive. That's <assuming>. an, <laughs> um, you're not wrong, Zach. You're, you're not right. Either. All right, shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have I have a baby now. Ashley and I have a baby. Her name's Harper. She's adorable, and she is an absolute disaster. Uh, I also have a lot of things in my life that I'm committed to, right? I'm committed to this on some level, this whole shindig we do here. I am a staff member at a church. I'm compensated to direct worship at a church. Um, that is a, that's a job of mine. Um, you know, I'm a part of a Bible study. You know, I have all, I have all these, and like, I, to some degree, I'm committed to friendships and relationships that Ashley and I have. So, you know, when I'm, what do we what do I do? I, I can't like stop taking care of the baby and I can't, you know, go away from these things. Um 
what's my cure for that? I guess I don't know. I don't feel that I'm necessarily worshiping those things, but I think if you, excuse me, if you looked at the budget of my time, there's a lot of time to a lot of things that I do. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is there. So I'll go. I think Andre is right, uh, and I agree with you, Andre. In in your your statement started to point at the solution. The difference between work ethic and workaholism is is rest fundamentally. I, I agree with that. And Zach, for your problem, um, I think we're all in your boat to a point. Uh, we should maybe do a podcast on boundaries. Yeah, Michael, tell me about your four month old baby. Uh, <laughs> 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 tell me that more. Was perfect. Tell oh. me more, please. Zach, mm. Zach, you arrogant pig! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that I have a four, four month you, old and that that uh, I have that on my life. But I think the sentiment with which you carry that, a lot of us can empathize with. Not the baby part, and I agree that that adds a whole complexity to your life. But so I'll say this: people don't know us necessarily, but Zach, observing you since Harper has been born. I feel as you may have, you may have, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you have slept less, but you've rested more. I think that's a fair statement. Does that make uh, sense to you, Andre? That's good that was a stuff. Deep, okay, yeah, you like that's that? That's where we need to go. Because right. that's what I've seen in you. I've seen you say you've not been running, like, I'm dating right now, and I'm running my butt all over the cities because I'm doing this stuff, and I'm going to see her, and we live different lives, and she has different activities. I do different activities, and nothing's aligned really, right? Because our lives aren't together, and that's that's a normal part of this season. And something I've seen with you, Zach, is yes, you've gotten very little sleep the past four months, but you have been here so much better, and you've been a better leader of TPM. You've been, I feel, more present with your wife and daughter, um, you've even been more available to hang out, it seems like, since you've had the daughter. As long as I come that's here. because I don't caveat. leave my home. There you go. There you go. But does that make sense? I think... No, no, I'm totally with you. Okay. I, I think you're totally right there. So that's where I think uh, we need to go with this, is to stay away from being a workaholic, which is a bad thing where you're idolizing work. I think you're, you're spot on. Anything that comes before God is an idol, and that's that's our that's your identity. If you're a workaholic, it is your job. It's all you think about, all you talk about, all you're doing. And that, like you said, under that could be extended beyond your job. For Zach, it's his job, working as an engineer, plus his worship leading job, which is you know ten hours a week, let's say, plus Bible study, and then after that, it's dad, friend, you know, like with time. So I think uh, <clears throat> um, looking at all those things, it comes down to priorities like i was talking about zach's time is going to flow from his priorities and right now his priorities is christian uh husband father worker which is in the right order that's how i see zach spending his time but yeah and i think that when you introduce the rest thing which you have done it also wraps in what zach brought up in the very beginning about identity being a part of all of this because michael you and i have discussed at length and written about in our forthcoming TPM blog article about rest and how what rest really is is a return to yourself and a re-realization of who you were created to be and who you are, and that's an identity thing right there. And so if you inject rest, true rest, that isn't just 
binge watching Netflix and sleeping for ten Ooh, to twelve hours oh yes. at a time. Let's let's talk about that briefly. Right. Uh, we don't have to do it now, but keep right. keep rolling. But yeah, yeah we got but it. But that's a big part of it. I mean, what genuine rest is. And I'm here to say that I don't think rest is reading your Bible for two hours straight either, just to be clear. But if you inject that kind of real good rest into the life of the workaholic, I think that he or she becomes somebody who is just has an excellent work ethic because their identity no longer revolves around the volume of work that they're doing, but rather because they have this rest, mm-hmm. because they have this identity restoring mm-hmm. time in their lives, they're actually just some, they're just like a person on their own who happens to work hard and maybe even a lot. It's not even it's not even a volume thing. It's a it's just a total balance perspective thing. And I think in my in our opinion, it sounds like the perspective and the balance cuz anybody will tell you, "Oh yeah, you have to balance like your time at work and your time not whatever." I what we're talking about here is the nature of your non-working time. The nature of that rest. And remember, non-working time isn't just stuff when you're clocked out. Non-working time is like the time you're not at small group, the time you're not working or grocery shopping or doing laundry or doing all these things that you have to do to stay alive. If you change the quality and re-understand what rest is, that's that's I think that's what I think what it takes. Right. And I like you you said something in there that I wanna I wanna jump on just a little bit to throw out a biblical example here. You talked about like what makes a good worker. You kind of just like floated that out there a little bit. I wanna yep. grab that yeah, for yeah. a minute, right? Because I'm a firm believer. And I even see this with people I work with on a very practical way that some of the best workers I see aren't the people whose whole life is work. They're the people who are motivated by something that's bigger, by something that's more important and less transient than what they're doing. And I, I don't always, you know, not everyone I work with who's really good at their work is a Christian. Uh, I see it people who are even motivated by like their family and motivated by other things outside of just work because that, that's empty and that's going to drain you eventually. And to pull a biblical character, look at Daniel, right? Excellent, excellent worker. He had excellent work ethic. He was really good at what he did. A bit, you know, God blessed him. God made him fruitful. God did used him for a purpose and for a reason. Read through Daniel. It's a fantastic book. But um, I think we see a clear example of someone who worked for a bigger purpose and he was, it, and it, it was fruitful to him. And, and he's not the only example of this we see in Scripture. There are, there are other, but that's just to name one. Um, so I, I also like when you even bring up the idea of the quality of what your work is, right? Because if, if we're just pushing, 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 I need to be the best, I need to climb, I need to make more, it's just going to drain you. It's so shallow. It's like drinking salt water. It's not going to satisfy you. Drinking salt water. Nice. I, I think that's on to the point. Um, did we want to talk about rest now, Zach, a little bit? Or? Yeah, we got some time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what does it mean to rest well? I think that's a question that... And I, and I think that's our application here, too. Yeah. Considering that we apparently have solved the workaholism problem with the word rest, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we should, should probably unpack that as an, uh, an, as an application. And, yeah, whatever. I exaggerate. The solving problem is part of that, but <laughs> but we point to it as, right? You know, a reasonable. Yeah, I think um, Andre, you and I defined rest a little uniquely. You you, well, yes. you, you kind of mentioned it. Yes. Um, in college, Andre and I worked together on on a theology of rest document, 
Um, and we have a TPM article. Andre wrote it. <laughs> I'll give him full credit for that. Uh, on on coming up with a, what is rest. And you already mentioned a few things. It's not necessarily reading your Bible for two hours. It's not necessarily watching Netflix for 10 hours. It's not lying around. And, and um, I think our top definition was rest is an activity without an objective. In parentheses, includes action, not lying around slash sleeping. And I think the reason we landed there was um, point two is rest is a time where necessary hope and perspective are restored uh. as we realize our complete image of Christ. Resting is part of this image. And that was a really good line, I think. Is is Andre is an artist, for example. That's one way he finds rest. Uh, myself, Michael here, I, I, I like to work out. I like to be active. I like to do stuff outside. It's very restful for me to be hiking, which isn't necessarily resting, like laying around watching TV, but that's where I feel restored. That's where I feel my whole image come together. That's where I get away from work. I, I turn everything off. I get outside and I go. Uh, resting for me is getting better at guitar because I'm seeing a, there's no objective there. There's no, you know, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to go to a show later. I'm going to, it's just, I'm playing guitar and I'm resting in that as I, I realize who I am as a whole complete person. Um, not just a, a missing part and I'm not realizing my whole image by putting all of that on um, working, sleeping, working, sleeping, and my rest is sleeping. No, my rest is is going out and having an activity without an objective. And I think that's a, a sweet thing to say. And I think we're storing that purpose and hope. That I mean, I didn't realize it at the time when we wrote that because you are reading verbatim what we wrote three years ago, maybe more at this point. Probably about three years ago. I, th- I have a date on it. Well, they well yeah. 2012, 27, 2016, three years ago. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, you know, and we legitimately. I mean, you know, the article that we're putting out here is was recently written, but I'll tell you that line has not been changed since then. And as we're talking about workaholism and referencing rest in that conversation. When you read that, it makes a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. if you say workaholism is idolizing your work, putting your identity into your work, when I say, okay, turn to rest, turn to quality rest that you just described, it makes sense that rest would be, you know, something that brings back your purpose and who you are and some of those things that should not be found in in work. And now, I will say that who you are should be defined by Jesus, like as Christians, that w- that's mm-hmm. what we would point to. And so when I say rest isn't reading your Bible for two hours, maybe it, maybe it is. Like maybe if what you're, the reminder that you need to hear is that truth, that you're made whole in Jesus and that's how you are defined. Right. And, and that is nec- the end all be all. Not necessarily an exclusive thing. But yeah, but it's yeah. not necessarily, I think the, the reason I referenced that is because that was something that came up. That's probably what triggered that conversation for us, Michael, was... You know, I was hearing people shame people for, or saying like, I was frustrated with hearing that the only way that you can truly rest as a Christian is to like be in prayer and read your Bible. And I felt like that was not true. I felt that that was like a bold-faced lie, I guess, whatever. Because I felt like that was a huge obligation. And I think that's where we got to objectivist activity, you know. Um, so it's obviously really complex and probably differs for different people 
even at different times. But, um, but I love how that definition that we came to fits in with this conversation about workaholism and um, quality work ethic and the kind of relationship between them. So, uh, in the spirit of being practical as much as we can, you know, what, you know, if we go around the room from, from you guys here, what is it that you want the listener, like a practical thing, you know, fight laziness. I think that's clear. You know, I don't, I don't think that's like a super complicated idea for people to, to see and for people to get at, but for fighting the other ditch, right? Uh, we say rest and we've, we've defined that very well. And I love the way you guys have defined rest. I love that article. I've read it. I'm a big fan. Um, thanks for turning off your cell phone during the podcast, Michael. Um, (laughs) (laughs) how, how should our listener rest? What is the one thing you want them to hear coming away from this podcast? I think that I want people to, I would be excited if I heard that somebody who listened to this podcast said, I, I, as a result, thought about my relationship with my work and also thought about what quality rest, like real rest, looks like to me. Um, and maybe maybe I would ask for more than just thinking about it. <laughs> maybe I would, you know, I would be really excited if somebody said, yeah, I took some time to pursue a hobby or I took some time to... Um, do something that I fa- that I felt restored my purpose and my hope and my identity. Yeah, I did something that was objectiveless yeah. and, and I didn't feel yeah. shameful about it. Exactly, yeah. Oh, and that was a whole other dimension of the rest thing. Maybe we'll just do another podcast on rest because the, the shame in like <laughs> resting... Mm-hmm. Ooh, didn't intend to ooh, open a can of That was a big reason that we talked about that. It was. It yeah, was, yeah. I, just, I forgot about that. I think my takeaway would be this, and I'll put it in my shoes. If I, if I could go back and tell my 18-year-old self something, I would say, Michael, rest requires action. Meaning if I just go rest, it's going to um, you know, end up with me on the couch watching something right, and not thinking about anything, and then I feel awful after because I didn't get anything done. I don't feel rested. I feel you know warped. That's because I just can't rest watching TV. That's not who I am. Um, but, but what I would want is is... I think that would incite me, 18-year-old me, to take action, to schedule time away and change my behavior and say, you know what, I need to rest more. I'm too scheduled. I'm too busy. I'm working too much. I'm going to change my behavior because of this. And that that's the key takeaway. That's something I had to learn after Andre and I, The I think the big reason we did this, it, it was because we... I challenged each of the guys I was leading that year to think of something they struggled with, and we were going to build a theology of it over that semester. And, and both Andre and I struggled with resting. And three since three years ago, I've been thinking about this and working it more into my schedule is active time to rest. And that's not just veg out. That's not sleep. It's something fun that restores my soul. And I think that's what I'd like to see from people is, is being honest and saying rest is going to require behavior change and then making that behavior change so that they become the complete whole people uh, that our image of Christ gets to show and reflect. And that'll be my hope for this podcast. And with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up here on the TPM podcast about 
work ethic and workaholism and, and talking a lot about rest and we might do another one on rest. Uh, I think it's a key topic and the shame about rest, what Andre brought up. There's a lot of things and places we can go from there. Yeah, we, we didn't even do the Sabbath thing. So we didn't even do the Sabbath way thing. more there. Uh, but we have to wrap it up. My producer is giving me the circle the wagons comment. <laughs> it's all right. You already missed the post on the outro music, so take however long you want. <laughs> Oh, okay. Good. Anyway, so that's it for today. Uh, VIPs will be back some other time. Again, this was the TPM podcast, which is for our verbal processing and for your edification. Have a wonderful day and wonderful night.